Well, the weather outside, I guess you could say, is frightful. It has been raining pretty much all week here in Los Angeles. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you are listening to the Untitled Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Max Lasky. Glad you're here wherever and however you may be listening. Today, we will strictly be going over my Week 15 picks for this week in the NFL, which actually kicks off tonight. That's why I want to get this out to you today, hopefully before 5 p.m. Pacific time. And this is actually going to be the last podcast of the year. Can't even believe I'm saying that. I can't thank you all enough for being with me and and taking the time to listen to me week in and week out. And, and this is a big this is a big moment. It's the fifth episode. It is the final episode of 2021. We are going to do so much more in 2022, and I cannot wait to see where we go from there. And this is going to be a shorter podcast. As I've mentioned the last couple of weeks, I've been dealing with finals. School comes first, and this is the final week of finals. You would think that they would give me just one week, one week of finals, but no, I got three, and I'm working hard, and I'm glad that we're almost done here with finals, but because of that, this has to be a shorter episode. So we'll definitely be talking about the Week 15 picks as well as a uh, the All Sports News Headline uh, segment that I implemented last week. I'm excited to continue, continue to do that. I think it'll be a good thing moving forward just to get a couple of cool news stories out there to you all before we dive in. So with all that being said, let's dive in. We're going to start with the all-sports news headline, starting with the now former Jacksonville Jaguars head coach, Urban Meyer, being fired yesterday by the Khan family. Now, I'm going to keep my opinion brief. When they signed Urban Meyer, I think it was in, in June or July, maybe it was before the draft, I can't even remember, I knew this wasn't going to work. I don't watch much co- excuse me, I don't watch much college football, but I knew that an Urban Meyer coming into arguably the worst franchise in the NFL, I, I knew they, that he wasn't going to fix anything. I actually didn't think he'd make it worse, but I think he did. The Jaguars are struggling this season. There's no doubt about that. They're no no way in playoff contention. I think they're they're actually statistically out at this point. And there had been a lot of news coming out within the Jaguars organization about how Urban Meyer was coaching, his coaching tactics. And honestly, I I I, I wish I could could have said I told you so, but I honestly didn't think it was going to get this bad. Former Jaguars kicker Josh Lambeau said that head, for, now former head coach Urban Meyer kicked him in the leg while stretching in warm-ups for, before a practice during the week of the final preseason game. And according to this report uh, from the Tampa Bay Times, Lambeau said that Meyer told him, uh, hey, explicitive, make your explicitive kicks, and then kicked him in the leg. Lambeau uh, characterized the kick as a 5 out of 10 in terms of pain, and Lambeau told told Urban Meyer to never do that again. And Urban Meyer said, I'm the head ball coach. I'll kick you wherever the explicitive I want. Now, obviously, there's no room in society, in the workplace, for 
for any boss, any any human being to treat another human being like that, no matter wh- what area of the world you work in. I get I get football is a, can be looked at as a barbaric sport, and and there's obviously been a ton of news in the in the past you know 10 15 20 years or so about locker room etiquette and how coaches treat other players how players treat other players but this is uncalled for and honestly this is before they went down the rabbit hole of not being able to win a game until about week eight or nine and so I honestly think this is a smart move I think it's a safe move by the Jacksonville Jaguar, uh, by the Con family and the Jacksonville Jaguar organization. And I think uh, Urban Meyer's head coaching career in the NFL or coaching career to begin with in the NFL is done. I don't know if he'll return to college, although I could definitely see it happening. And I, I honestly, I, I think this is the, the last we will hear of Urban Meyer for quite some time. Moving on, we have DeAndre Hopkins. He will miss the remainder of the regular season with a sprained knee. However, he is expected to return in time for the playoffs. And for me, this feels like the right move by the Arizona Cardinals. And what I mean by that is obviously he had the injury and there was no going around that. But this is the right move to keep him out for the remainder of the season. I mean, they only have to the Arizona Cardinals only have to win about one more game. And I feel like... With DeAndre Hopkins this season, he just really hadn't hadn't been doing DeAndre Hopkins type DeAndre Hopkins type things on the field. Uh, he had a couple drop catches this year, and that's obviously that's not like him. Um, the team's hopeful, to, like I said, to get him back in the postseason. Uh, but Hopkins is looking for a second opinion on his knee, and it's still uncertain if he'll need surgery. But if he needs surgery, he'll be out uh, indefinitely. And so, yeah. I think this is a smart, safe move by the Arizona Cardinals. They'll obviously call on veteran A.J. Green to step up into the wide receiver one area, although I don't think he'll be the clear wide receiver one. They obviously have Christian Kirk as well as Rondale Moore, who they love. So expect those two to get more playing time, as well as A.J. Green, who actually had over 100 receiving yards against the Rams on Monday night. And so... Like I said, I think it's a good move by Arizona, a safe move. And if they make the playoffs and Hopkins is good to go, no reason he should be on the sideline. They should put him in. Moving right along, over the last three days, there have been over 100 positive COVID-19 cases in the NFL. And this is not good. You know, a lot of I've been hearing around the league that some organizations are saying to other organizations that, you know, if you can't play, if you don't have X amount of players available to play a football game, that they should forfeit that game. And I've seen other people say, I disagree. My opinion is that they should be forced to forfeit. And here's why. The NFL made an emphasis on making sure their players are safe, vaccinated, staying healthy, and with the stories coming out about Antonio Brown, along with a couple of other players around the league, handing in inaccurate vaccination status and, you know, just kind of beating around the bush when it comes to COVID-19 protocol. I think that that's on them. That's on the teams and it's on the players. So, for example, the Cleveland Browns play Saturday against the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, if you had asked me last week, I would have told you that the Browns were going to win this game and that they were going to win it by a landslide. As of yesterday, head coach Kevin Stefanski 
starting quarterback Baker Mayfield and Jarvis Landry had all been placed on the COVID list with positive COVID-19 cases. As of today, Case Keenum, backup quarterback for the Cleveland Browns, has also tested positive for COVID, leaving quarterback Nick Mullins, former 49er quarterback, in line to start Saturday versus the Raiders. I mean, I don't have anything to say. If these players don't want to take necessary precaution to keep everybody around them, including themselves, safe so that they can play at an elite level in one of the best sports in the world, I'm sorry. But if you don't have enough players to play a game, you should have to forfeit. And that's just how it should go. Again, my opinion That's what a podcast is all about. That's how society works. You get opinions, and this is mine. I think the Browns will be fine for this game in terms of being able to play. I think they'll have enough players on the roster to play. But if in the in the event that they didn't, they they should be forced to forfeit that game. Lions start tight end. TJ Hawkinson will miss the remainder of the regular season as he underwent thumb surgery as of this morning. And this is actually a shock to me. He did get injured in the previous game, but uh, I, did, I didn't expect him to, uh, to for this to be the end of his season. He's now expected to make a complete recovery in time for off-season programming to begin. Uh, but being that the Lions are just so far out of it, not in playoff contention, they just got their first win just two weeks back against Minnesota, they don't they don't need Hawkinson. It's a smart move. Get the surgery done. To Hawkinson's, uh, Hawkinson's out for the year. That'll be that. And in some wrestling news, I just want to quickly give a shout-out to Brian Danielson and Hangman Adam Page last night on AEW Dynamite. Winter is coming in Texas was the highly anticipated AEW world title match between the challenger, Brian Danielson, taking on Hangman Adam Page. This bout kicked off the show. It was a one-hour time limit. And honestly, and I know I've said honestly a lot on this show lately, and it's the only time I'll say it today, but honestly, I thought that there was no way Brian Danielson could lose this match. He's undefeated in singles competition since arriving in AEW. He's been on the run of a lifetime, even even back when he was in WWE earlier in the year, he was on the run of a lifetime, main evented WrestleMania, then left the company, main evented a, a AEW numerous times. So I didn't think it was right for Danielson to lose this match. On the other hand, I didn't think Hangman could have lost this match because he just won the title. The fans are, so, he's so over with the fans. Everybody loves him. And he's awesome. I like him. I think he's a great champion. I think they're going to give him a great run. And so, honestly, I was – I just said it again. Honestly, I was not expecting this outcome. They went to the time limit. It was a draw. These two men put on a clinic for 60 minutes. It was the first time I'd ever seen a wrestling match go 60 minutes. Thank you, Tony Khan, for putting it on cable TV for free. 
You didn't make me pay for a pay-per-view to watch this incredible match. It'll probably get five stars from Dave Meltzer, rightfully so. And like I said, I've never seen two competitors wrestle for 60 minutes straight, and they tore the house down. I think it was the, the right move, great booking decision by Tony Khan. Makes Danielson look clean, makes Hangman look clean. Great match. Can't wait to see what they do next. Now it's time for my Week 15 predictions. And I said it last week, and I'll say it again. This week is tough, and last week was tough as well. Uh, I felt good, though, last week early on. I ended up going 8-6 and in my predictions. So I'm curious to see what happens this week. Uh, I'm going to give you my upset of the week, my game of the week, and my lock of the week. Starting with the Thursday night game tonight, we have the Kansas City Chiefs heading to Los Angeles to take on their division rival, Los Angeles Chargers. Now, I have Justin Herbert in fantasy. I have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in fantasy. I hope they both put up big numbers tonight, and I hope they both do their thing. However, the Chargers are a weird team. They don't have a rush defense. They barely have a pass defense. A couple weeks ago, they got absolutely destroyed by Denver. Whereas the Chiefs, I mean, they've been on the run of a lifetime. They haven't lost in, I think, they, I think they're on a six-game winning streak, if my statistics are correct. They're on a six-game winning streak. They look great. They look great on the road. They look great at home. They just absolutely destroyed Las Vegas at home. And the Chargers are coming off a, a win, but against the New York Giants. And that's an expected win. I think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire will find the end zone for the Chiefs in this game. I think Herbie's going to have a great game because this is a depleted Kansas City secondary, or at least it has been for the greater part of the year, although they played well as of late. I think this could, this game could go either way, but I'm going to go out with the safe pick and pick the Kansas City Chiefs to beat the LA Chargers on the road. They are favored by three points. I think they're going to cover the spread. Kansas City gets the win. We then have two games taking place on Saturday. And as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, earlier in the week, I would have told you Cleveland was winning this game. Hands down, they're home on Saturday. Lots of fun. Primetime television. No. Nick Mullins is the starting quarterback for Cleveland here. The spread shifted from Cleveland minus three to Vegas minus three and a half today. So, as of today, I'm going to go ahead and say Vegas is going to win this one. Derek Carr better not do wrong by me. I think Hunter Renfro is having one of the, one of basically the most underrated wide receiver uh, seasons maybe ever. He's 12th in in the league in in every stat, or excuse me, he's 12th in the league as far as position ranks go. As far as his stats go, he's had three uh, three consecutive games with over 100 receiving yards. I think Derek Carr will look to him a lot in this game. And like I said, Cleveland's without most of their starters, including their head coach. Now, the last time this happened, it did happen to them earlier in the season. I forget who they were playing, but they won that game. Case Keenum did start that game, and they won. And But, you know, Case, Case Keenum's not starting. It's going to be their third-string quarterback, Nick Mullins. I don't think he knows the playbook as well as, excuse me, as well as Case Keenum or even Baker Mayfield knows the playbook. So 
for those reasons alone, I'm going to have to go with Vegas. And I think they'll cover the spread. Minus three and a half. I'm going to go Vegas. This next game is my upset of the week, but I don't even know why it's an upset. The only, well, I do know why it's an upset. The only reason it's an upset is because Indianapolis is favored by two and a half, and I think that's because they're at home. We have the New England Patriots heading to Indianapolis to take on the Indianapolis Colts, and I'm going New England. They're the number one team in the AFC. They're the number one team in the AFC East. They've been on fire coming off a of bye. Mac Jones is 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 debatably having one of the best rookie quarterback seasons maybe ever. Maybe other than Russell Wilson. He had a pretty amazing rookie quarterback season. But Mac Jones has is, is silenced me all year. He continues to amaze. Belichick and him are – I mean, I, it, it's like it's like watching Tom Brady and Belichick. I know that's early. That's an early assessment to make, but it's it's that's honestly how I feel. And so, I I, I just ugh, I don't have, I can't I don't have enough words to talk about the New England Patriots. They're just doing everything right: defense, offense. They're running the ball. They're passing the ball when they need to. This Indianapolis team is good. They're a great offensive team. Jonathan Taylor is unbelievable. Easily the number one running back in the league right now, without question. I think he'll have a sh- a really tough time running against this New England defense. But expect Jonathan Taylor to at least find the end zone once. Carson Wentz is going to be under pressure the entire game. And I just think, honestly, Mac Jones, even though he's been in the league for only nine, or excuse me, for only 15 weeks of play, I think he's a better quarterback than Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz has been playing really well this year, and I respect what he's doing with Indianapolis. Indianapolis needs this win. But it's my upset of the week because they're favored by two and a half. So I'm going to go New England, and I hope they win this one. I really do. We're then going to move on to our Sunday slate of games, which include my lock of the week and my game of the week all happening on Sunday from the 10 o'clock to 5 o'clock window, starting with Buffalo taking on the Carolina Panthers. Buffalo is at home coming off a... I think they lost. Hold on a second here. Let me check my stats. Let's see. I believe they just lost. Who did they just play? This is a live show, ladies and gentlemen. I don't I don't edit this. I just add some some music. Yeah, they did lose. I knew that. In overtime to the Buccaneers. Right. So they lost that 33 to 27 in overtime. Rashad Perryman with the final touchdown. So they're at home. Buffalo's at home. They're favored by 10.5, which I think is crazy considering they've lost two straight. Granted, they've lost two straight against the two best teams in the NFL, if you ask me. And they're going to to play a a Carolina team that clearly doesn't know who they want to play at quarterback, whether it's Cam Newton or P.J. Walker. I don't think it'll make a difference. Uh, McCaffrey's out for the year. There's not much more I can say. So I'll go Buffalo, and I think they need this win real bad. So Buffalo gets the win, definitely covers the spread, no question. We then got Miami taking on the Jets. I feel like this is the second time they played them this season, but I I really can't remember. Uh, I got Miami winning this one. Their defense has been really, 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 really good as of late. They're making a playoff push. They're still in contention. The Jets are out. They're not good. They're not a good football team. I like Robert Sala. I think he deserves to be the head coach of this team. 
I don't know if Zach Wilson is the long-term answer. Miami also just signed Damon Arnett, former Raiders corner, former first-round draft pick for the Raiders. Damon Arnett heading to Miami. He should be available to play in this game. So expect him to probably lock lock up uh, either Keelan Cole or Jamison Crowder or whoever they're going to put out there on offense for the Jets. Obviously, Elijah Moore out for the year. And Miami looks good. Tua looks good. I love a good lefty quarterback. He has the second-best passer rating in the NFL since week five, and he's playing really well. I really like Tua, and I like Miami in this game at home. Favored by nine and a half, they're going to cover the spread and get the win. Now, this this next game is not my upset of the week, and it's just not because I honestly think Washington's a better team than Philadelphia. Philly is favored by nine and a half at home. Washington just lost a real close game to Dallas. I don't know who's going to play quarterback. I haven't seen them talk about whether it's going to be Heineke or or Allen. I don't know if Heineke's actually hurt or not. Philly, I've said it earlier in a couple of podcasts ago. I've said that I, I don't love Philly, but that I like them in certain situations. And then the week that I picked them to win, they lost. So, for me, I, I've always been a believer in Washington. I, I really do. I, I picked them last year to upset the Pittsburgh Steelers when the Steelers were still undefeated. So I like them. Uh, Antonio Gibson's been running the ball really well. It's unclear who will be taking care of the uh, backfield for Philly. Although Jalen Hurts, if he plays, he's still questionable. But if he plays, he's a top five quarterback, in my opinion, in my opinion, in the league this year. He's been you know, this is not a, a this is not an amazing football team in the Philadelphia Eagles, and I think he's been doing really good things for them. I think this is their guy. I think they shouldn't look anywhere else, and obviously rumors are rumors. They're going to tell you that, you know, Jalen Hurts isn't the answer for the Philadelphia Eagles, but uh, he, no, he is. He just needs the right coaching, and they need to draft an O-line with some of the draft picks they have coming up this year, and no reason Jalen Hurts isn't the, the future of this team. No reason. So I just I'm just skeptical of this game. I think it can go either way. It's an NFC East matchup, and this is the there. Uh, Washington's going to play Philly again, I believe, in Week 17. I want to say so. It'll be interesting to see them play so soon again after this game. So I think if I think if Washington wins this, then they'll probably lose the next one. But if Philly wins this, then Philly will win the next one against Washington as well. But I'm going to go with Washington, and I think they're going to cover the spread. Washington is uh, nine-and-a-half-point underdogs. No reason they can't cover this spread. We then got Arizona taking on Detroit in Detroit. Arizona's favored by 12 and a half. They're going to cover that spread. I got absolutely nothing to say about this game other than the fact that I've decided I'm going to start Matt Prater in my fantasy football playoff game this week against Detroit. It's the Matt Prater revenge game. Got to root for him. Arizona's the number one team in the NFC West. They've proven time and time again they can play offense, they can play defense, 
and Detroit is just in shambles. They're they're already out of playoff contention, and I just like Arizona. Even though they lost to the Rams on Monday night last week, I do like Arizona in this game. Like I mentioned earlier in the show, they'll be without DeAndre Hopkins, but I don't think it'll matter. Detroit's just got nothing going for them. I'm taking Arizona. I'm taking them to cover the spread by 12 and a half. We then have my lock of the week, the Dallas Cowboys heading to New York to play the New York Giants. They're favored by 11, and I'm going with I'm going with Dallas, okay? Because first of all, the New York Giants are going to have Mike Glennon as their quarterback yet again. That's all that needs to be said there. Dallas has looked good. Zeke is going to get some carries again. Tony Pollard didn't play last week. Not sure if he'll play this week just yet. But Dallas is is just a better all-around team. There's there's just nothing else to be said. Dallas is uh, – Dak Prescott's having a great year. Definitely a Pro Bowl season. They are the best team in the NFC East without question. Zeke is if Tony Paul even if Tony Pollard plays I think Zeke is finally back I think his knee is feeling better Jerry Jones alluded to that earlier in the week stating that his that he talked to Zeke and that Zeke's knee he says it feels fine uh the wide receiving core for Dallas I mean when you have Michael Gallup as the wide receiver three you know they're doing something right with their receiving core Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, they'll get most of the targets, and they'll play well. It's going to be a great game for Dallas. I expect them to win this one by a landslide, and I'm excited to watch it. They're favored by 11, and I think they'll cover. So Dallas on the road getting the win, no question about it. We then have Pittsburgh hosting the Tennessee Titans in a great AFC matchup. Tennessee is favored by a point. And this one, uh, it's tough for me to tell you that I'm taking the Pittsburgh Steelers. But I think it can go either way. And it's tough for me to tell you that I'm taking the Steelers strictly because I don't like Big Ben. Uh, I, I, don't, I, don't see, I don't see what the next step is for Pittsburgh. If they win this game, they, they are, you know, they're in battle for the AFC North. They're in it. No doubt about that. I just can't see them losing. You know, they're at home. Deontay Johnson's having an unbelievable season. Big Ben, I mean, he, he basically is just throwing it up, throwing up a prayer, hoping that he can find Deontay Johnson or that Deontay Johnson can find him. They've had trouble with Claypool. A lot of talk about Mike Tomlin and Claypool, and Claypool just kind of – what it sounds like to me is Claypool's just acting like a child um, of a player. And, he's, and it doesn't sound like he's a team player and – you know, Tennessee, I, I just don't know. Like, I don't know what Tennessee does for me. They, their wide receiver one's Julio Jones, who's proven he's, unfortunately, I think Julio, no disrespect, he's one of the one of the best receivers of all time, but he's washed. He's been hurt pretty much all year. Now that A.J. Brown is on the IR, he's the wide receiver one, and I, I, I haven't seen him do anything. I have not seen Julio Jones do much of anything, and – this Tennessee team without Derrick Henry, they don't have, they don't have an offensive game plan. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, since Derrick Henry went on the IR, has had a pick in every single game he's played. Tannehill just doesn't, he's not doing it for me right now. And this, you know, when this team is healthy, I think they're a definite playoff contender. But I don't know how they're favored. I don't know why they're favored. 
they're on the road as well, so that's just a big question mark for me. So I'm going to go with Pittsburgh. I'm reluctant, but I'm going to go with Pittsburgh, and I think it can go either way. And yeah, that's all I'm going to say about Pittsburgh. I don't really have anything else to say about Pittsburgh. I don't. I don't want to say anything any anything else about Pittsburgh. So hopefully they win. If they don't, they don't. We'll see. We then have this is a fun game. You know, when you take the two worst teams in the NFL and you you have them play each other, fireworks. There's just some something's bound to happen, right? So hear me out. This. This prediction is strictly instinct, luck. There's no statistics. I'm not going to tell you which players are going to do what. Here's my thought. For whatever reason, every time in the NFL, when a head coach is fired by the organization, the very next game, what happens? The team that lost their head coach finds a way to win. We saw it happen in Houston. We've seen it happen multiple times. I can't. Even, I, I don't think I can think back on a time where that happened this year because Urban Meyer was the first head coach to be fired this year. But Jacksonville is actually favored by five points in this game. They're going to play Houston at home. Without Urban Meyer, James Robinson will finally get that opportunity that every fantasy owner has been waiting for. Playing time for James Robinson. And like I said, they're without head coach Urban Meyer. So for that reason alone, this is a new locker room. Everybody in that locker room is going to come together and say, hey, let's get the win. Not for what happened, but for us. Let's go out there and prove that we're a football team that can play in the NFL even even days after the release of their head coach. So I'm going Jacksonville, and I'm actually going to watch this game closely, and I hope, I really hope, that Jacksonville gets a much-deserved victory over Houston at home in Duval. Going to be a fun one. We then have my game of the week. Green Bay heading to Baltimore to take on Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. Well, that's not true. They might be without Lamar Jackson. Tyler Huntley played very well in a valiant effort against Cleveland last week when they happened to lose that game. And... I just don't know what to make of this Baltimore team anymore. I, I, I think I've said this like four times on the podcast today. I just don't know what to make of some of these teams anymore. And the reason I say that is because there's a lot of injuries, a lot of COVID stuff, and you know, one week team, a team could look like a playoff team, and the next week they don't. You know, So for me, Baltimore is one of those teams at this point. They've been unfortunately – Cursed with injuries. Half of their starting lineup is is just out for the year um, on both the offensive and defensive side of the field. So being that I think Green Bay, other than Tampa Bay, is the only Super Bowl contender in the NFL, because I think that and because I think Aaron Rodgers is having yet another MVP season, whether you want to hear that or not, 
Green Bay is favored by five and a half, and they're going to win this game. They're going to take the sole spot in the NFC as the number one team in the NFC. They're going to beat Baltimore. And I think it won't really make a difference if Lamar Jackson plays or not. Green Bay's defense has been unbelievable. They're top five in defense in the league as as of the last five weeks. Aaron Rodgers threw four touchdowns on Sunday Night Football against the Bears. Again, granted, it's the Bears, and and I can say that because I'm a Bears fan. But Lamar Jackson, I don't know if he's going to play. I think Mark Andrews will still do his thing. He'll probably have anywhere from 7 to 10 receptions, maybe 100 yards. He's been the best tight end in football, if you ask me, this year. Better than Travis Kelsey. Better than TJ Hawkinson. Kyle Pitts, not even in the conversation. So I think Green Bay wins this game, and I am very confident in that. It's not my lock of the week for obvious reasons, but it is my game of the week because I think it's going to be one of the best games on television this week. Green Bay favored by five and a half. As I mentioned, they're going to cover that spread, get the win on the road. Now moving on to the final two games, or excuse me, the final three games before the Sunday and Monday night game. We have the Cincinnati Bengals heading to Denver to take on the Denver Broncos at mile high. Even though Cincinnati lost against San Francisco in overtime, which really rubbed me the wrong way, I was really upset by it, I think the Bengals, I'm going to stick with them for another week. I think they're a very strong football team. They look great on defense. Joe Mixon has been unbelievable this year. And Joe Burrow, I mean, he can find T. Higgins. He can find Jamar Chase. Literally, throw the ball to anybody. Joe Burrow makes it look easy. He's good. He's a great quarterback. I think he's a great quarterback in this league and then on the Denver side you got a Denver team with a winning record and I think it's solely because they have a strong run game and a great defense but Teddy Two Gloves hasn't really done much at all this year uh, at least to impress me and then you have Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon who have been uh, just incredible they both had 100 yards on the ground last week and I, I really I like the game plan that Denver's been been implementing the last few weeks. They actually are favored by three points in this game. And I think that's simply because they have a winning record. And I think the Bengals are at 500 right now. But I'm going to double check that before I move any further. Let's see here. Bengals. What's your record looking like? The Bengals record right now. No, they are they are seven and six. So exactly the same with Denver. And I think Denver's just favored because they're at home. I'm going to stick with Cincinnati for yet another week. I hope they I hope they, they prove something to me. I really do. I like the Bengals. I think they're a good football team. I think they, they could be a fun team to root for in the playoffs come playoff time. And, yeah, I'm going to go Bengals, see what happens. And I hope they cover the spread as well. We then have the Atlanta Falcons heading to San Francisco to take on the 49ers. I'm going to keep this brief. San Francisco, if they lose this game, then the NFL is completely, completely out of shape this season. And yeah, I'm getting a little little heated on the mic right now because San Francisco, if they're favored by nine at home against Atlanta, who somehow is one game below 500, 
in the NFC South. I don't even know how that's possible. I've said it all year. I don't like Matt Ryan. Although he was great for many years, this is a different this is a this is a different NFL now. You can't be stationary in the pocket. The only guy that can still do that and play at an elite level is Tom Brady. Why? Because he's Tom Brady. But if you look at Tom Brady and Matt Ryan in the pocket, they're the same quarterback. They can't move around. But it's Tom Brady, and this is Matt Ryan, and and Matt Ryan, it, he's at he's at the end. This is the end of the line, if you ask me. This should be it. San Francisco is going to get this win, and if they don't, then then they sh- they did not then if they can't beat Atlanta, then they didn't deserve to beat Cincinnati, and they didn't deserve to beat many of the other teams that they've upset this year. I'm going San Francisco solely because I don't like Atlanta. Calvin Ridley's still on the sideline uh, dealing with his mental health issues. And obviously, I just want to get serious for a second and say that how important that is. And I respect the Atlanta Falcon organization for allowing him to take the time away from the game to get better mentally, feel better. That's more important, I think, than anything. Mental health is beyond beyond more important than than a sport, than, than work, than anything. You have to be happy with yourself before you can be happy with anyone else. And I'm, yeah, I got, I got a little emotional there saying that, but I'm serious. It's very important, and I like that the Atlanta Falcons support him in trying to get better. Um, so San Francisco, <laughs> I know that's a weird transition, but San Francisco is going to win this, and they're going to cover the spread. And if they don't, I pray for you, San Francisco. I really do. We then have the final Sunday day game. We have Seattle heading to Los Angeles to take on the Rams. The Rams are favored by five points in this game. Matthew Stafford's looked good. OBJ has had three touchdowns, one touchdown in each game he's played as a Ram. Don't get me started. I've talked so much crap about OBJ on this podcast and off this podcast And I still don't like him. Yeah, I still don't like him. And and I don't know why. You know, like, (laughs) I just don't think he's, uh, I I, I don't, I think Van Jefferson, who actually had an incredible game on Monday night against Arizona, I think he's a better receiver than Odell. But you know what? Van Jefferson's not going to get those looks because Odell's going to take those looks from him. And I don't think that's right. Seattle's out of playoff contention. I said that last week on the show. The Rams, I don't know if they're going to be with Daryl Henderson or Sony Michelle. Daryl Henderson obviously was out due to a knee injury and now out due to COVID, so there's no telling if he'll play on Sunday or not. I don't think it'll matter. Both men are amazing in the backfield on the ground and even through the air. Sony Michelle ran for over 100 yards against Arizona and then did so, I think, the week before that. The Rams are just a good football team. They got it. They got it going on on defense and on offense. Cooper Cup, best receiver in the game, thirteen receptions last Monday. And yeah, I think the Rams are going to win this one. They're going to cover the spread. Also, Seattle is going to be without Tyler Lockett, who you guessed it, also tested positive for COVID, so not going to be playing. I got the Rams at home, and they're going to cover the spread. Our Sunday night game, it's a fun one, and I only say that because it's going to be a blowout. Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to host 
the New Orleans Saints. Taysom Hill is a great quarterback. I said it, and I said great. He's not good. He's great. He can do what every what every quarterback in the NFL needs to be doing. They can throw, and they can run. You need to be able to throw and be able to move around and run if you want to be a great starting quarterback in this league, and Taysom Hill can do that. He can throw, and he can run. Lamar Jackson does that. Justin Herbert does that. Patrick Mahomes does that. Derek Carr tries to do that. Trevor Lawrence does that. Who am I missing? Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't do it. Matt Ryan doesn't do it. There's a reason Joe Burrow can run and throw. That's the way the league is moving. That's that's how it's happening these days. If you can't run as a quarterback or you can't move around as a quarterback, then you're not a good starting quarterback in the NFL. Big Ben. Another great example, Big Ben and Ryan Tannehill, I'll even say that, neither of them can run, but they can throw. I think that Tampa Bay is going to win this, although I absolutely, I think Taysom Hill, whether Jameis Winston is re-signed or not, is the starting quarterback moving forward for the Saints. Whenever Michael Thomas decides he wants to play football again, you know, he and Taysom Hill will have a great connection, I assume, but... For right now, it's late in the year. New Orleans has absolutely nothing to play for, in my opinion. Uh, being that they're both in the NFC South, Tampa's got this division on lock. No question about it. I think I've said no question about it a lot on this podcast, but so what? Tampa Bay, uh, favored by 11. They're going to cover that. They're going to get the win on Sunday night football, and I can't wait to watch it because I think Tom is going to have it. Uh, this is going to be the game where everyone realizes he's the MVP for this season. And it's crazy to even think that, but he if he does win MVP, he will beat his own record, which he set at the age of 40. His own record, which is, the record is he will be the oldest MVP in all of professional sports. He set that record at 40 years of age, and he'll now break it at 44, and he's going to prove that he's the MVP this week against New Orleans. And then our final game of the week 15 in the NFL, we have Minnesota heading to Chicago to take on my Chicago Bears. Uh, the Bears, just another sob story after another, isn't it? Although I will say, Jakeem Grant Sr., great pickup. Great pickup. He's had over 100 yards and two touchdowns in his last two games. He ran a kickoff back for a touchdown, and, and that's other than Justin Fields, probably the only thing the Bears have going for them at this point in the season. Uh, and Minnesota actually has something to be playing for here. They they had a great win against Pittsburgh. I, well, it was a good win. I just say great because they were up by so much and then they almost had it slip out of their hands, but still a great performance because they were able to hang on. So Minnesota's got something to play for here. They've been great against Chicago in the past. They're favored by five and a half. So I'm definitely taking Minnesota, even though they're on the road. And I think it's a fun game for Monday night. I think it'll actually be closer than most people think. Uh, It's remained to be seen if Adam Thielen will play. But if not, K.J. Osborne filled in quite nicely last week for Adam Thielen. Dalvin Cook will be playing. Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins has actually been pretty good this year. Only I, I think only four picks 
in uh, all season. He's been playing really well. And the Chicago team, they, they just get depleted by the uh, by, by these offenses they've been playing lately. They got destroyed by the Packers, and I think they're going to get uh, – I think, like I said, I think it's going to be closer than most people think, but I think they're still going to get steamrolled by Minnesota. Uh, so I have Minnesota covering the spread on the road. And, yeah, with that, that'll wrap up this podcast. I can't believe it, but I actually – I went 45 minutes. I thought this was going to be short. I say that every time I open the show and I don't edit it because it's a live show. I just do one take for you all. I don't edit anything. It's it's unfiltered, uncensored. What you what you hear is what you get. I don't pause it. I don't I, yeah, I don't read from a script or anything. So, I thought I was going to go 25 minutes, but I went 45. I can't thank you all enough. I, I love doing this and happy holidays to everybody. I hope you all have a happy and healthy holiday season with your families. And like I mentioned earlier at the beginning of the show, uh, this is it for 2021. So I will see you in 2022. Be sure to follow the Untitled Sports Podcast at the Untitled Sports Podcast on Instagram and TikTok because that always helps. And if you like what you heard today, spread the love, especially this holiday season. If, if you can give me a present, it would be for you to share this with anybody, family, friends, play it at a holiday party, whatnot, whatever. I just I, – I, I appreciate the support so much and it's – it's the constant support is just really amazing. I can't believe it, how far I've come in such a short amount of time. Uh, so thank you. This has been another episode of the Untitled Sports Podcast. Again, I'm your host, Max Lasky. Peace and love, everyone. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. I will see you in 2022.